0: Thank you for tuning into episode 20 of You Play A What. The title of my guest this week is enough to turn the heads off everyone. And because I promised my friends that I would use his quote-unquote full title, or maybe I just still hold a grudge because he absolutely annihilated me the first time I played NBA Live with him, which was a good, I'd say, 15 years ago. So, my guest today is. Ribas, Espen, MFO, KBS, Italian Bros Qatar, MPO, SSO, AYO, YST, Malmo, Copenhagen, SAF Bands, NAFA, the man, Xiang Hong. So, this is basically a recollection of all the stamps in his passport. Most of it anyway, I think. So, uh, Hong is a very dear friend of mine. I've known him for more than 15 years now. To put it very plainly, he wasn't dealt the best hand in life, but he certainly hasn't used that as an excuse for anything. I have played with him in wind band, chuba quartet, uh, in numerous occasions. And it is an absolute joy uh, to perform with him because he'll just follow you however inconsistent you are. So there's really nothing more you can ask for. So same old things, if you enjoy the content of this podcast, please subscribe to the podcast, drop a review if you would like to or tell your friends about this podcast. Everything is much appreciated. Thank you so much for all of your support and thank you ever so much for your attention, the most precious commodity any of us has to give. So now, please enjoy this episode of You Play a What with Xiang Hong. guest today has been an absolute inspiration to me. He has been my friend longer than anyone else who is currently active in the music scene in Singapore and he has been an absolute pleasure to share the stage with him on numerous occasions. He offered a listening ear to my endless complaints during our travels from school to home. We do not see each other half as often as we used to. He is none other than the man himself. Welcome to the show, Xianghong. How are you doing today?
1: Good. Uh, thank you for having me, Vincent.
0: Absolute pleasure. I should have you on the show much earlier than this, but better now than never, right? Yeah. Yeah. So for those of you who do not know this, uh, Xianghong and I met when we were 13 years old, or when I was 13 years old and yeah. he was 14. So it has been a good five years since we met.
1: Five years. Yeah. So I'm just trying to imply
0: that we were mm, eighteen yeah, years old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. So yeah. Uh thank you uh for coming on to the podcast. Um really, really happy that you agreed to come on. No
1: problem.
0: So let's just debunk this first. How did you get the nickname of the man?
1: Uh that one I guess the credit goes to my teacher, uh, yeah, yeah Hidehiro Fujita, uh, the former principal of the Singapore Symphony. Uh, I guess just, I think during that time in NAFA, when we were having lessons, I guess because I was a bit more kind of like soft-spoken uh, and stuff like that, I don't really talk a lot, then I think he just tried to kind of like kick me in the ass. <laughs> yeah. And just like like try to like push it, hey, come on, man. You have to be yeah, man, man. And since I don't have like like a proper like English name, okay. Mm. So he just like, okay, just replace it, just man, man, Xiang hong. Yeah, then I think that thing kind of like, yeah, yeah go on until now.
0: Yeah, it's stuck for a really, really long time, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think also maybe um the reason why he gave you uh, or at least my recollection of mm him giving you the nickname uh, Man Hong, was after our final recital at Nafa. Uh. So, yeah. So, my recollection is that it kind of really took off then uh, because we had just finished our recital and we were all hanging out together uh, at, I think it was Blue Jazz or something like that. I don't know if you remember this. Mm. Uh, Freddie, who was my teacher back then, was playing, uh, was jamming that night and we were just at uh, Blue Jazz. We were all kind of having a good time. He even like Skyped uh, Oyston Buzvik on, on his phone. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah, and yeah. Said, yeah oh, my remember. student just I mean, he was a little bit drunk maybe, but he was like oh, my student just finished his final recital today. And that, that was actually a, a pretty interesting recital, right? The one that you did because you played a bunch of really quite difficult stuff and also yeah. we, we can also say that it's on the wrong tuba.
2: <laughs> yes, <Yeah. laughs> kind of.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, so actually, you you did the entire recital on a C tuba, yep. whereas actually, you know, would you say like half the recital could be done on the F tuba?
1: Uh, of course, or maybe even the whole thing can be done on F tuba. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So I think you know the the term or the nickname man is uh, quite apt in this situation, right? Because (laughs) you just kind of man up. So, for those of you who who don't know, usually when it comes to solo repertoire, uh, for tuba players, they move to a slightly higher pitched tuba, which is pitched uh, in the key of F, as compared to the contrabass tuba that is more commonly used in the orchestra, which is usually pitched in C or B-flat, isn't it?
1: Yep. Yep.
0: Yeah, so uh, basically... You know, playing the, the usual solo repertoire on f bar might be difficult, but you took it to like a whole new level, <laughs> right? Yeah, uh,
1: As, I don't know why I did that. <laughs> yeah,
0: especially <laughs> in the in the high register stuff. And yeah. I mean, of course, like there's a trade-off, right, in a way. So the, the low register stuff, of course, is a little bit easier on the c tuba, but there's not really that many low notes in, in those solo repertoires, isn't it?
1: Yeah, but for the particular we said, okay, encounters you definitely have a lot more mm. low, so equally, the trade-off uh, is kind of like there, like high, equally high, equally low. Yeah. So just pick your, <laughs> pick your side, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, just pick the poison, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think this is a, a good chance for, for people to also know how this name came about. But, of course, uh, you had a version, and I have my version. Yours is probably a little bit more accurate than mine. So, you know, over the last couple of months, I have seen that you have done a couple of these sort of online chats and conversation. And I regard like today's session as one of them. Of course, you did one with our good friend, Gabriel. Mm. And you had a really lovely chat, actually, the both of you, and it went on for, for quite a while. And you also were part of the concert talk of the first instalment of Concerts Goes Online. Uh, organized by the Wind Bands Association of Singapore, also known as WeBus. And now you're speaking on a podcast with me. So you're kind of on the roll now, right? You're on the record all the time. So you, yeah. Yeah, you need to be careful of what you're saying. Or, or else it's going to come back and bite you a little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah. let me try to get used to that. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, I mean, you know, uh, with my very limited knowledge of you, you know, our very, not very long uh, years mm. of friendship right uh <laughs> i feel like uh this is perhaps not always down your alley yep how how does it feel like for you you know to go on these sessions to talk about you know the different topics and also like for example coming to onto the podcast and speaking to me
1: mm, it's very interesting because uh like like you know know me i am not uh, the usual, the usual kind of like like to speak or do public speaking Mm. So all this, mm, to me, is like kind of a way for me to be out of my comfort zone and try to share a little bit of what I think or what I have learned mm. uh, over the past few years, especially when regards comes to uh, talking about tuba and talking about music. Yeah. Uh, of course, all this, I'm still trying to learn also through all this. Uh, how can I like, like speak better? How can I think like, on my feet faster? Mm love like this yeah which is a good good thing yeah Yeah.
0: and definitely i'm gonna put you on the spot today right i'm gonna (laughs) give you plenty of opportunities to uh, think on the spot and respond so um you would just say that over the last couple of years uh you've took up assistant band director positions in different secondary schools would you say that you know the nature of this job has made you come out of your shell a little bit more
1: um, slightly, because I have to kind of like, uh, know how to present myself and talk in front of the students,
2: mm.
1: uh, in front of, especially of like, like set ones and stuff. So come out show a little bit, just slightly, but not, not a lot, because before that, actually what do help more is when I was doing a lot of like, uh, managing stuff in the, in the, uh, ensemble office in YSD, that do, did help a lot, actually. Also, I see. So I have to integrate. I have to, uh, manage. I have to talk a little bit. So both kind of go hand in hand. Help me throughout the last few years. Yeah. Mm. Cool.
0: Yeah, and I think it, you really should, you know, try and do a little bit more of this because I think you have quite a extensive amount of experience and knowledge about the tuba, about music, and you know, it's really a shame that. You, if, you are, if you shy away from this sort of like platforms to kind of share your knowledge. So yeah. now, uh, I want to ask you a little bit more about this uh, Concerts Goes Online, organized by WeBus. WeBuzz. Uh, of course, you know, we are living in a very interesting time at a at yeah. moment where live performance is still sort of on trial. Mm. And how, how strange is that, right? Because we, you know, not too long ago in February, we just did a, a gig together out at the Aspenade, and you fast-forward a couple of months, everything is sort of changed. So talk us through a little bit maybe about your preparation for this project. And is there a difference in your preparation and your approach when it comes to a recording session like what you've just done versus a live performance?
1: Well, for this particular project, uh, what is difficult about this is we have to kind of record all the stuff in within two days, like let's say uh, the Quintet stuff within a day and the Flexi Band stuff within the next day. So mm. first thing first, what is going in my mind will be like stamina. I would have like enough chops to go through the whole thing. So the preparation for this be more of like, okay, I have to get the hours down. Yeah. Uh, rough practice, hours of practice down. So I got the news about like two weeks before, prior to this. So I have two weeks to like do a lot of practice, like try to get in like four to five hours of practice. It's gonna be different from live just a little bit, but not much. So because during the live performance last time, like, like what we did uh, earlier this year, because we have been kind of regularly playing and practicing, so hmm. it's not that bad. So you can just like okay, we need to play the set of music, like one hour, two hour, how many sets? Okay, fine. Still it's still possible because that time we still practice. Uh, should practice regularly right now because of this thing of course we do some motivation so didn't really practice much mm. over the couple of months so when this thing comes out it's like oh okay first thing first okay have to get the chops like there
2: yeah to back ab- in shape right
1: to, yeah back in shape to able to last through the whole thing of course there's some difficult part but most importantly is to last through because this what is challenging about this is to like I pay through everything and record so you only have like maybe for one, one, one run-through, and after that, the second take will be like, yeah, that, that should be it. If you miss anything, then yeah, we're not mm. going to go back again.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's basically, uh, consistency is key, right? And mm. execution needs to be like at the very top level. They capture that and then we move on and as efficient yeah. as possible. Yeah, but uh, to be honest, actually nobody has told you what I'm about to tell you, which is um, actually after your recording session of the uh, Chamber Winds, uh, we had a my quartet had a rehearsal. So, uh, Michelina, who was also involved in this project, came to the rehearsal and one of the feedback that she was saying was that you are incredibly consistent throughout the entire recording. So, I think you should be quite happy to hear that. that yeah, yeah, people do recognize um, that this is your signature. I think this has become like, why people absolutely love playing chamber groups with you, is that you are just absolutely reliable. Tempo and consistency, you're just kind of there all the time, which makes like, you know, once you have the base there in a group, uh, everything else is just kind of sits very nicely on top. You know, something that perhaps we took for granted is also the seating arrangement. Hmm. Right? So, for example, at this current state, we have to observe this two meters distance between the musicians. Mm. Whereas in the past, when we are playing in a, say, chamber uh, group setting, like a tuba quartet or a brass quintet, we can sit rather closely together. So that it's a little bit easier for everybody to hear each other and play off each other. But the moment you start to stretch the ensemble out across a larger distance you know, you start to not be able to hear each other so clearly. You start to maybe doubt yourself a little bit. Was this like a challenge for you?
1: Yes, obviously. Uh, Especially in the uh, Esplanade Visitor Studio. This is quite a boomy place. Uh, and with the social distancing thing, like about two meters apart, I think. Yeah, we have trouble listening to each other, especially in the quintet. Like, Like, there's moments where uh, the horns and the uh, the other trumpet on the other side, mm. both playing the same quavers, but yeah. it, for me sitting in the middle, I'm uh, hearing like both of them are just like yeah, not exactly together <laughs> because of the yeah. distance. I will hear Ray or a trumpet on the other side, like of course slightly later than mm. the horn. So we're like, okay, who should I follow? Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs>
1: and and this is like.
0: Of course, we're we're not trying to say that who is right or who is wrong here. But it's just a matter of like, it would be so much easier if everyone was just like a couple of meters closer to each other, right? When you're just able to hear each other a little bit clearer, everything will be solved. It's it's got nothing to do with like the ability of the musicians. But it's just that, in fact, I think this uh, problem will only arise because everybody is trying to fit their parts in together with each other.
1: Yeah, right, because we been like, trying to listen to each other.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: exactly. So definitely, it,
0: it's interesting. I think moving forward, of course, now we've received some uh, news about the um, SYF Arts presentation. So if we continue to observe the same type of safe distancing measures, uh, which I think we most likely would, it'll be quite interesting, isn't it, to, for the students to experience something like that sitting so far apart from uh, each other and for yeah, them to, it, yeah, to adapt as well.
1: Yeah, it'd be quite a difficult thing for them because uh, they'd be like, hey, how come I'm like, hearing this? But in another way, it might also be good for them Was most of the time, they might be like, like try to focus on the conductor instead rather than like try to listen mm. to their friends besides them. So they'd be like, that's okay. Tell them to ignore everything else. Just look in front.
0: Yeah, exactly. Just, yeah, <laughs> perhaps something that they've not been doing, they now have to do, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and you know, not even the students, maybe, you know, sometimes for us as slightly more experienced performers, <laughs> maybe something for us to think about as well. Just yeah. look up a little bit more, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cool. And, uh, of course, the, this WeBus concert, we still have a couple of installments coming up, isn't it?
1: uh there'll be two three more installments coming up uh they're on like the first and third uh Sunday on the next month and mm-hmm. on the first Sunday on the December I see okay yeah.
0: so basically a uh, fortnightly uh, broadcast of mm. this uh the music and the different uh concerts so that the first concert is already up yeah, I will provide the link in the show description so you can check out Siang Hong's playing in the Brass Quintet as well as the Chamberwinds. Lots of really fantastic Singaporean musicians as well involved in this project. And, you know, it, it is really... Uh, it's quite interesting because this could be what we are looking at uh, heading towards uh, April 2021.
1: Yep, yep, definitely. You know, we've
0: known each other for such a long time, but we actually have very little... Travelling experience together. Travelling meaning out of the country with our instruments. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I, I don't know about you. I can think of two instances that we travelled together discounting the trip that we went on in secondary school. That kind of doesn't count. Mm. Right. But post-secondary school, there was two trips, right? So, yeah. uh, the later one was with many people. We went to uh, Bangkok in Thailand for the Tuba mini Festival. And yeah. yeah, that was fun. And that, in a way, that is not so interesting to talk about because there's so many tubas there, right? So many people <laughs> were facing the same problems. And by then, I think you were already a little bit more experienced traveling with the instrument. So I yeah. want to bring us back to Jeju. Right? So, of course, we went for the Jeju competition and in terms of the logistics and the traveling with the instrument, what have you learned over the years? And, you know, uh, what is the struggle traveling with the tuba?
1: Oh, yeah. Of course, the first thing is just like, yeah, uh, too heavy. You have like <laughs> two. Uh, usually, okay, for at least for the Jeju one, it's just like one, two by solo, solo competition. But for like, like particularly if like for auditions, you have to bring like two tubas the the C tuba and the F tuba so you have like two tubas and not just hard case sometimes you are preferred to use the flat case which are like bigger bulkier and stuff like that so the main concern would be the weight limit Mm. because sometimes you only can get like maybe 30 kg maximum and if you are if you exit that you have to pay like maybe per kg like $50 or $30 something like that Mm. and for the states, someone is uh, limited by like two pieces of 23kg, something like that. And so you, ha- you can't go
0: beyond that, just two pieces of 23kg 23, 23 and you and that's it? Uh,
1: You can go beyond that. So you can add on one more piece, then you need to add on like, like maybe like 50 bucks, something like that.
0: Okay, by by the kg, you mean 50 bucks uh, per kg?
1: Or- 50 bucks for extra piece. Then that piece, I think, will be within that 23 or so. Ah, I see. Okay, okay. Yeah. So it'd be a lot of money. Like you pay all the <laughs> overweight stuff and stuff yeah. like that. Another thing I have to research research on also is like the size of the cargo door of the airplane. Mm. Because like uh, for example, I went to Aspen and I have to take a really small flight up from I think LA.
2: Yeah.
1: or San up, then that is like. The flight is about like two plus one seater, so the cargo door is really small. Then I have to find out how big the dimensions of a cargo door and whether my bar can fit through the cargo door. Mm. So if, if it can't, then my seatbelt will be like stuck uh, back maybe in LA, then I'll be like, oh, like I have to yeah find ways to get it back, something like that, yeah.
0: I see. Okay, okay. So, you know, let's just talk numbers now on average, right? Just give me a a rough figure. If you are flying to somewhere to do an audition where you need your C and F tuba, uh, apart from your standard airfare, how much are you topping up for the excess baggage?
1: Usually at least times two, which is twice. Yeah.
0: So you're paying like twice the amount. So, for example,
1: mm-hmm. if, if the air ticket is
0: $1,000, you'll pay also $1,000 for the excess baggage. $1,000.
1: Uh, let me think. This one... Okay, it depends on region. Like for, for Asia, Europe... Yeah, for the extra one, because like I bring another extra time, like, like about another 30 kg, so you're 50 somewhere... Mm. or even $30 somewhere about there. Right, right. Yeah, I remember it's about like the same. The time I went to Qatar, it's about the same.
0: Okay.
1: It's like twice the amount.
0: Wow. Okay, so lots of uh, <laughs> investment in this, yes. right? Yeah, you kind of draw the the short straw a little bit <laughs> when it comes to uh, the <laughs> instrument. Not only does it cost a lot of money, it costs a lot of money <laughs> to move them around as well. So... Yeah, so actually I brought up Jeju because I think was that the first time you did like a, a slightly further distance uh, or longer distance flight with the instrument?
1: Yeah, of course. I think that one, that one was it, yeah.
0: Yeah, so what was the kind of things that kind of caught you off guard? Could you remember? I mean, it's a good number of years ago now, but were there anything that like... You did not expect to go wrong, that kinda went wrong.
1: Hmm during the time not really. Because I, I think I wasn't expecting much either. Hmm. So it's like like just okay, just go there and, and see what what happens and stuff. I don't remember anything. The only thing I just remember I think is just our our landing, the typhoon thing. That's about it.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually I that flight from so basically, for those of you who do not know, uh, back then, I think now, maybe it's still the same. We had to fly from Singapore into Incheon, which is the international airport in Seoul. And then from uh, Incheon, we have to also um, transit to Gimpo, mm. which is a domestic airport in uh, South Korea. They are, they're kind of next to each other. They're connected in a way but we had to to do that transfer. What I remember quite clearly was we had to also pick up our luggage, right? Uh, yeah. So for me, it was a little bit easier because I got my my instrument on my back and then I was just dragging the luggage, but you were dragging two things at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. that was like, you know, looking like a little bit of a, a struggle for you. But of course, yeah. me me being such a good friend, I did not offer to help you, right? <laughs> so... <laughs> so yeah but then when we got on the flight to Jeju honestly that was like the worst turbulence that I've ever experienced yeah same here I actually thought that I was going to die I was like you know (laughs) yeah maybe maybe this is the end you know maybe yeah it was quite an interesting experience yeah you kind of felt like you were going to fall off and crash anytime yeah, yeah, the, the drop off is really insane. And I was also going to talk about that, but yeah, I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah. So, cool, right? Like, enough catching up, right, of uh, our our past. Now, let's go into the sort of main questions of this interview. Oh, actually, of course, we've not even asked you what you play.
1: Uh, I play the tuba, C tuba, F tuba, yeah. Yeah,
0: so this obviously already came up slightly earlier. You know, you you think that by 20 episodes, I'll have like sorted my stuff out, but I guess not, right? So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Now, so let's talk about when we first met, you know. So, obviously, we met when I entered secondary school, which was Chongqing Ishun. We met there. You were one year my senior. Uh, and yeah, yeah, sort of things just kind of developed from there, isn't
1: it? Yes, yes. Then we continue on to Nafa. Yeah.
0: And uh, of course, you know, you had been uh, someone that was, I would say, way ahead of the curve at that point of time. Because when I joined the band, we still had a very active alumni band, uh, uh, Chongqing Ishun Alumni Band. And we were preparing for a concert and you were part of the alumni band. Isn't it? Yeah, I
1: think it's that alumni band. Yeah, yeah, the branch alumni band, right?
0: Yeah, because uh, we, of course, we also have to mention that um, your batch was also the first batch of Chongqing Yishun, isn't it? Yeah. We used to be called Chongqing Branch back uh, at Guillemard Road, and then the school relocated back up to Yishun, and you were actually the first batch of uh, students studying in that school. Yes. And I was the second batch. So you can imagine that the band only consists of uh, sec one and twos, which are basically uh, beginners and somewhere above beginner, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And of course, for, for you, it's a little bit different because you came from a primary school background like myself. So we knew what valves to press down. That's pretty much about it. Other than that, we kind of were a little bit clueless as well. What was your your first impression when you obviously you coming from primary school? You know you've uh, experienced quite high level playing, and uh, in in your primary school band, to come to somewhere that is brand new. How how did you feel at that point of time?
1: Mm, to me, because like like said, I know it's brand new and a lot of people are just starting out, so I'm not particularly like like think that okay. Uh, they're not not good or what I was just like, okay. Uh they're learning, yeah. And I am also, also learning, even though I've learned like for a couple of years, I'm still learning. So I just try to practice and just try to make everything uh okay, good enough for conductors so that they don't have to worry about me. Mm. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: And when you were asked to join the alumni band and play in the alumni band. How was that for you? And, you know, in terms of the repertoire that you were exposed to, did it kind of shock you a little bit?
1: Yeah, a uh, little uh, uh, Those repertoire, I think, it was a little bit more difficult than the one of, I was playing in the uh, primary school. So, but I just did uh, that. Time I was just like, oh, okay, cool. It's fun. Uh, mm. It's better than those easier, long-toes, uh, Stuff that we usually play, just yeah, the slightly great one more, pieces, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for Tiva, it's just yeah, it's boring, but then we go to the like, yeah, Alamay band, we can play much more stuff and mm. more interesting stuff, also. So, it was like just, oh, yeah, okay, cool. Then, then it's something else, yeah, yeah, like Persis
0: Overture, right?
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that to me, yeah, to me, it's like, whoa, what's that? Or oh, okay,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, during the one of the Saturday practice, I think the, the entire band was listening to the alumni band rehearse and everyone was just kind of blown away, you know, just hearing the, the difficulty and the virtuosity of the music, right? Because obviously, Percy's Overture has lots of runs and it's uh, really kind of quite exciting and quite fun to listen to. So yeah, definitely, I think good on you. Sec one and playing Persis over chair.
1: Yeah, maybe I did play, or maybe I just smoked you. I don't know.
0: <laughs> it's a it's a distant memory. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Actually, you know what were your um impression of me when I joined the band? Were there any kind of uh anything that stuck out to you, or was it like oh, this is just another junior? Uh,
1: no, nothing stuck. like uh, like stick out to me because I really quite some time back
0: Mm. so you see this is a good time right where I'm like putting you on the spot to talk about me right (laughs) (laughs) so you have to think on the spot now "Mm, should I say something nice about him? should I just like not bother and just you know should
1: I spill all the beans
0: yeah just tell the truth right
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, but, but yeah
0: Mm, yeah, go ahead. You're uh, safest. No, no, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, but but you know you know me. Uh, I usually don't don't like to stereotype people and stuff. Like, even if they do something that I don't like, but usually, uh, or I, I won't bother that much. Or mm. they do something differently, I, I also won't bother that much. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I kind of can't remember any like, thing in particular actually.
0: Right, right. So uh, I must say like you know. I used to, we used to have Saturday practices, right? Saturday mm. band practice. I used to not come for the sectionals in the morning. I don't know if you remember oh. that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you, yeah, we were supposed to turn up at like nine o'clock. But then uh, like the combined and full band practice only starts at maybe at about one thirty or three o'clock, which mm. is a, a little bit after lunch. So I would be like, ah, sectionals. It's so boring. I have to see Siang Hong again. So <laughs> so I'd be like, yeah, maybe, you know, I just sleep a little bit more and go in the afternoon. Uh, but of course, that, that changed very quickly. I think part of the reason why I was like that was also there was a shift because all of a sudden, uh, I, I was not like you. You know, you were really nice and you didn't quite uh, feel like there was a difference in the quality of the band. But coming from my primary school band, um, when I entered secondary school, I felt that, you know, we couldn't... At least the parts that I were playing on the euphonium was not as challenging as what I was doing back in primary school. Hmm. Yeah, so I, I definitely felt like a sense of like, mm, this is a little bit boring. or At that point of time, like uh, a step Beneath me, which is, you know, I'm young and impressionable and probably not the right way to think. Yeah. But actually, I, I want to also mention this, right? We probably would have crossed paths because uh, a year prior uh, to you entering secondary school, I think this should be the year 2002. Mm-hmm. We were in the yeah. same SYF together. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That should be uh, the primary school,
1: well. Yeah. Right.
0: Exactly. And... That was during a time whereby the SYF was not called the Arts Presentation, but the SYF, SYF was called the Central Judging, isn't it? So uh, we were awarded like the, the gold, silver, bronze medals and things like that. And this was even before the Go with honest time. So we still had this uh, like finals presentation where like the yeah. top six schools would compete Oh, sorry, I shouldn't use the word compete. <laughs> uh, the top six schools will uh, perform once again to uh, decide the top band of the country. Yeah, so I think that year you were in that finals and I was in that finals as well. Mm. Yeah, so we, we probably would have like be at the same Singapore Conference Hall for year waiting for our turn at some point. Yeah, but of course none of our bands got the top prize. It went to the legendary Mahabudi. <laughs> of course. It went to Mahabudi. Yeah, which is absolutely amazing. Yeah. So yeah. So actually when we first met, maybe that was Yeah. Maybe, we were in, maybe. yeah, maybe not first met, but in the presence of each other, right?
2: Mm, yeah. yeah.
0: So then of course, um the friendship just kind of went on all the way we were schoolmates till we were like, what, 21? 20? 20, 21?
1: 21 for me, I think. Yeah. yeah,
0: and then, you know, of course, the, the friendship just went on because we we're mm. basically uh, colleagues now, isn't it? From schoolmates, from senior to schoolmates to colleagues now. Um, yeah, anything that you want to add about our encounters? Is that fair, what I've said?
1: Yeah, that's pretty good. You remember like kind of more things than, than what I did, actually.
0: Right, right. Yeah, so now let's talk about you. Okay. So let's talk about your musical journey. Take us back to how you were acquainted with music and how things has developed over the years.
1: Okay, so I started yeah in primary school. Uh then after that I go to secondary school. And then after that I went to uh actually Singapore Poly for like a, f- a few months.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh
1: doing, like, some property development facility management course, actually, for, like, a like couple of months. Right. Uh, but during that time, I was just, I was still, like, thinking, like, should should I pursue, like, a, a musical career? hmm uh, Because at the same time, we were doing, like, like uh, a zone outside. After mm. secondary school, we were doing the jazz brass. Yes. So during that period was, like, mm, I don't feel like, like I'm in the right place in, in the Polytechnic, yeah. And it was like everything is so dry and stuff, and I'm still like performing outside. So mm. after like like half a sem, then I just decided okay, I should just go for the audition. So I just went for the audition, and then I got in. there so I just withdrew the uh, the second semester of the SP. So I just started and now that's how uh, I'm like, become classmates with you because it's just yeah. one year later.
0: Mm, exactly. And of course, the audition you we were talking about was the Nafa entry audition, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh.
1: So after that, yeah, we, in Nafa, then, uh, met my first long term teacher, uh, Hidehiro mm-hmm. Fujita. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then we, yeah, from then on, yeah, improved quite a lot. We learned a lot from him, and. I think he also kind of is the one that kind of tell us like oh there's a Jeju competition mm. and stuff like that. So then we're like, okay, we we should go for it. Yep. Uh from then on, I go to army also uh go into the Singapore Armed Forces Band. Mm-hmm. After that, uh then it comes another like decision like whether should I continue on like pursuing a musical career like maybe Tuba performance or right. maybe go to education or, or something else. And the part of young time, uh, you have this uh, full scholarship mm-hmm. uh, thing going on. So we just, okay, uh, it's four years, it's a degree in a university. And for me, options of like studying overseas is it's not there. Right. Uh, yeah. So just, okay, it's free. Uh, full tuition grant and stuff. Just go for it. So it just ended up in uh, young for like four years,
2: mm.
1: yeah, and graduated like a couple years back, three years ago,
0: right. Uh, since graduating now, so uh, what what sort of work have you been, uh, mostly doing?
1: Uh, freelancing like with with uh various orchestras, bands, professional, uh, semi professional. Uh, mm-hmm. And also teaching, especially like a two-bar section of different bands, uh, primary level, secondary level, tertiary level. Mm-hmm. Uh, also uh, teach as a assistant conductor in joint secondary and mm-hmm. also helping out in like Catholic high primary. Yeah. Right. Uh, so that's my main, kind of main few jobs like within these past few years. Yeah.
2: mm
0: and, you know, you, of course, when you mention your sort of uh, musical journey, mm. you make it uh, sound like it's uh, very, very ordinary, isn't it? You make it sound like, <laughs> yeah, yeah so I went to uh, primary school, then I went to secondary school, and then I, you know, the standard thing, I went to NAFA after that, uh, y- uh, SF band during my uh, NS days, and then uh, the Young Pseudo Conservatory, and... Actually, I feel like you know. Um, I don't know. Maybe you intentionally serve yourself a little bit short, uh, because I feel like you have achieved quite a bit. You know, even since the your secondary school days, because mm. I think you went for a couple of auditions. You did a couple of things that were quite interesting. Uh, I think you were you part of this um, the the youth band that performed at Wasp Bay or something like that?
1: Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I kind of forget. Yeah, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, because I'm just like thinking of, that, of the big picture, I just forget about all the yeah. all, all the detailed stuff in the middle. Yeah, for the second school, I think this was set second one. First, the time of was this like, Wasp Bay conference going on. And mm-hmm. I think that year they are going to be uh, in Singapore, held in Singapore. Yes. So, they opened up an audition for this like, Singapore Youth Wind Orchestra. hmm uh, and the audition took place in NIE. So, at the time I was I think second one. So I just went ahead. Yeah. I applied. I still remember this—the first time I brought back home the whole tube out with the hard case. Right. So I was like, "Oh, okay. How am I going to do this? I live in Isshun I need to travel all the way to NIE. Right, which is <laughs>
0: you know the the far far west, isn't it?
1: Yes. So yeah. I was like, "Oh my god! Okay, that time." Okay, fortunately for me, I live quite near the MRT, so I just like, just push the tube all the way to the station. Mm. Uh, went up the escalator. I think at the point of time, I think there's no lift. So I just brought the tube <laughs> up the escalator. Right. Yeah, there's no lift here, I think, in the middle of the station. So mm. I just took the train all the way with the hard case I and mean, all the weird looks. Also, like, what is this little boy doing <laughs> with such yeah. a big instrument a hard case? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. then uh, I, wish, I think I uh, went to Bunle that time it mm-hmm. was only until Bunle so after the, I think from there I just took a cap, I think because I don't think you can f- go on the bus with all the yeah, barriers and stuff yeah
0: because there's the divider in the middle Yeah. It? so it's not possible for you to bring that case up
1: yeah not possible so I went yeah went to NIE did the audition so every time now like, like when when the students when they don't bring back the Tewakumas it's like uh uh, last time I did it before I even took like train and stuff. So it's still possible. If, if you want to do it, you are still able to do it.
0: Yes, definitely. Yeah. Then, and I I, yeah. I remembered we were wheeling, or you, not we, sorry. Uh, I was not part of the wheeling. But you had to wheel the, your instrument to rehearsals as well. When we, when we were attending, um, at least initially, the Just Plus rehearsals, isn't
1: it? Ah oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just once one, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, starting, yeah. I think we, we I did really we, after we tried to get the kid back of of course. Yeah, to yeah, get exactly. To get to, like, for the bus, say. Mm. Yeah, so yeah. For, for secondary school, I think that did kind of help me, like, grow my, in, like, interest and passion. Mm. First primary school, yeah, I just listen to what we are being told. So, you yeah. just, just play, then after that. I think that helps, because I also remember after that, because I, I passed the auditions, so I got into the, the band, mm. and during one of practice, I think, or before that, something like that, uh, first there was the, the in-charge, one of the in uh which is uh, uh, Miss Sing Moly, okay, yes. uh, she's, uh, she's also, I think, also a tuba player, last time, I think, yeah. because she, she actually passed me, kind of my first, uh, at-tude book, by mm. tude book, where I still remember, I think it's a Blazavich, yeah. So it's like wow, like okay, because like I go there, so nothing, nothing much to do apart. Okay, same thing, same thing. Then she, mm. I don't know somehow she just gave me that book. I was just wow, interesting. Wow, that's high F. Wow, that's high B flat. <laughs> Everything yeah. Wow, wow, it's something difficult. Yeah, I can, I can actually like yeah, work towards it and yep. stuff. So from mm. then on, I kind of really practice a lot in, in secondary school. Like you can see me like every time after school. Yes. In the school hall try to like get that thing done yeah. and also and you are there every single day like
0: really every single day and I, I must say like and my entire sec one year and part of my sec two year we were in the afternoon session right mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah because we were sharing a school with another school in the holding campus so yeah you would be there like every single morning at what time 10 o'clock or 9 o'clock or something like that Yeah, and about would... there yeah, you just start practicing at a corner, and then it just kind of spilled over, right? Since then, then it's like you are there consistently, almost every day, to practice.
1: Yeah, I I don't know what happened, but I guess because during that time there there wasn't really like 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 smartphones, mm. I think during the point of time. So there's nothing much to do at home. So just like okay, why not just go early and do something. Mm, right. So that at the end, the store is kind of accessible for me, but I think I have the key. So I'll just like go there and just like take out the tuba and just play something. Just be prepared for whatever need to be prepared. Yeah. Mm, yeah.
0: Yeah. Definitely. I think really, you know, that has been that has stuck with me so clearly, and I think for a couple of years after that, every single batch there was someone that was practicing or at least spending time with the instrument every day. At least one of the student leaders of the band that will be there every day. It's a very interesting um, uh, sort of culture, I think. Because nobody told me to do the same thing as you. But just by seeing you doing that every single day, it kind of rubbed off on me that like, you know, I should be doing that as well. Like, why shouldn't I be doing the exact same thing? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I... No smartphones. That's one thing. But I I remember we used to go online and play like NBA live with each other. <laughs>
1: yeah, <Okay>. yeah. <laughs> after that, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah.
0: Good times, good times. Yes. Yeah. So um, a little bit lesser time for homework, but you know, <laughs> it's okay. At least for me. Yeah. Not yeah. for you who are listening, who still needs to do homework. Please do your homework. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's uh, that's great. I think. Uh, I want to now talk about you as a chamber musician because uh, apart from knowing you as a tuba player, how I identify you is really more as an extremely versatile and uh, easy to to play with and work with uh, kind of chamber musician. And you've been active as a chamber musician for many, many years. And I think some people don't know this, but I know it because I was in the same school. But you started playing in a brass quintet like when you are 15?
1: Yeah, should be around set 3, set 4. Yeah, yeah.
0: Right? So th- this yeah. was just a couple of band members in the school that was really keen on practicing the instrument or very keen about the brass quintet, right? So you guys were reading some pretty crazy stuff back then. Right? So what yeah. whatever that was popular with the Canadian Brass back then.
1: Yep, yeah, Canadian Brass, the book. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So how do you think like chamber music has or uh, your involvement in chamber music has helped you progress as a musician?
1: Oh, okay. This one it it has helped me in a lot of ways. Really a lot of ways. Of course uh in the chamber music settings, uh each part is very important. So you have to be prepared and you have to know every single part as well. Mm. And you also have to be multitasking. That means when you're playing, you need to listen out to the rest. You need to be sensitive to each other's playing.
2: Mm.
1: So I think that really helped me a lot uh, to become like kind of uh, just a slightly more sensitive musician now because during that time, it was just like okay. Uh, we try to play something together. Then, eh, how come it just doesn't, uh, end like together? How come? Oh, eh, where's the melody? This and that? Then we need to figure out. Okay, uh, what is going on? Then we play, mm. and we listen to each other, because mm. not yeah. From then on, yeah, there's a brush printed music. Yeah, we just keep playing and playing even after secondary school. Hmm.
0: Yeah. So apart from also the the group. In secondary school, like you said, our involvement in Just Brass Ensemble was also quite an experience for us, right? Mm. Coming out of secondary school to enter to play with some of the more experienced musicians. And yeah. so people like Boon Hua, people like Sebastian Ko, Ronnie. Uh, of course, the uh, founder of Just Brass, Wei Peng, which is one of our alumni and mm. seniors as well. So playing with these people definitely kind of had to like push ourselves to to up our game a a little bit, right? Of course. Yeah, and I think particularly for you, because you were much more involved than me, because you were involved in the brass quintet with them Mm. from a very young age, right? Since like, what, 16, 17? You started playing the brass quintet with them for a couple of years.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think 16, 17, yeah. Mm. Uh, three, after, after second school I think so it should
0: be 17 yeah yeah so you also mentioned something about how the being a chamber musician would help you uh, or has helped you develop into a more sensitive uh, musician and I think you know you really come off as someone that is extremely adaptable in many different types of situations how do you know why you would have such a mindset to, you know, not be like, insist that this should be, because you're playing the bass, right? So in, in mm-hmm. many ways, you can say sometimes insist the tempo, insist the tuning and, and all this kind of stuff. But I, the joy that I have playing with you is that you are always trying to adapt and shift and to make life easier for other people. And maybe not so much for yourself. So how did that sort of thinking come about?
1: Uh, I guess this have to like voice out to like kind of like my my character, my personality also. Because mm. I'm just like, very easygoing. I try to like like uh not cause like, any trouble to people or cause or any trouble for them. So when I like, play the in a quintet setting or even a quartet setting, mm. I just like try to go with the flow. At least because I'm the bass, so melody. Leads because I don't like to be in a spotlight. So when the melody is there, I just follow wherever right. the melody mm-hmm. do. So unless I'm the melody, but like like you say, even if I'm the melody, like if something wrong, I will just try to uh, okay accommodate accommodate like with the rest. So then the whole group will kind of like, mm, we can make music in a mm. like in a, in a better way in a better state or so rather than have to like like find out like who's right who's strong yeah so yeah. I think it just really points out maybe to the music I feel just to me is that like, okay In main aim is just to put the music out there and make mm. sure the audience do like enjoy or at least get what we are trying to do yeah rather than us trying to uh, figure out our own intonation which maybe sometimes they don't even notice
0: mm yeah exactly. and you know this is such a yeah what what you say is absolutely a beautiful thing you know it's it's really a lot of people's dream to have someone like that in their group, you know someone that is that that puts the end product ahead of themselves
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah I think a a lot of times we face difficulties in chamber music environment and situations uh that is there could be a clash of egos, isn't it? If I put it very plainly, that Mm. is that I don't think that I'm doing this wrong. Then if I'm doing this, why can't you follow me? Why should I be the one that's changing? And then you ask a lot of these questions that is actually, at the end of the day, I feel like it's just tied down to being able to let go and be like, oh, we're just going to serve the bigger picture of the music. And our goal here is to have one uniform picture rather than have this sort of portrait that is very kind of disjointed and not kind of well-blended in terms of the colour, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. And try to be on the same page, at least for that moment. Mm,
0: Yeah, (laughs) exactly.
1: Yeah, at least for that moment. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Let's move on, right, to the next topic, which is something that I think you had plenty of experience on, especially in this last couple of years, which is your experience auditioning for different orchestras Mm
2: -hmm.
0: so uh, I know or most or some of the stories that that you've been through so a couple of things I want to ask you which is uh, number one what lessons or what is the biggest takeaway that you've learned through doing these auditions
1: biggest takeaway uh I guess uh, the biggest takeaway is actually it's not the, the end product actually that matters. Of course, you can win a job matters. But what I learned the most is actually the process of preparing for the audition. Mm. Rather than just like, like, like taking the audition itself. Uh, Because preparing for audition really requires a lot of like planning mentally, physically. Yeah. So I really, really learned a lot from, from that. Then audition is just like yeah, it's just just a goal for you to 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 reach, yeah,
0: yeah. And I think um, you know, I was listening to this other podcast, and Mm. someone quoted uh this famous tuba player called Pat Sheridan. Mm. So I heard he's not bad. I don't know about you, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah. So uh, he he was saying, uh, in the podcast that. If you don't like repetition, then you will face a very big problem as a musician. Right. And I think in terms of preparing for the audition, this is very, very true. And I mean, in terms of preparing for everything, for performance, that's very true, isn't it? We have to do countless amount of uh, repetition, constantly doing the same thing over and over again, making sure that it's so kind of ingrained in our playing. Therefore, that if you... So we are talking about a process now. If you don't like this process of like repeating and doing things many, many times, then yeah, it it could be a a problem preparing for an audition. Would you say so?
1: Yes, yes, definitely. Because you have to really, really keep playing the same thing over and over again for countless of time and try to, yeah, get the consistency in. Mm. So yeah, if you don't like 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 repetitive things, then yeah, it's pretty hard to go through this like preparation. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Mm. And now, uh, you've been through a few auditions. Whereby at the end of the auditions, there was no winner, meaning mm. that they did not appoint anybody new. Mm. So bring us back to the first time when you went to an audition, and they end up not hiring anyone did it come to a shock to you that like, oh, I thought if you open an audition means that at the end of it, somebody is going to win a job? Or did you already know that they might open an audition and they might not hire anyone?
1: Well, of course, uh, in the first place, you come at a shock. Like, eh, how come they did not hire anybody? Then after that, you just think that, okay, maybe because the conductor might want like, uh, someone that really shoots his taste of sound or something like that. Uh, because maybe he's like really, really like particularly want like someone with like certain sound. So because at the, the audition, I remember there's only a few of us and usually auditions, they have the low brass section there and stuff. But for this one, I think that the conductor was there. So I think he was the main guy that decided. So for him, he would be like, Maybe like, okay, I want this ideal sound. I need this ideal player. Something like that. So, okay. because the second time round, they did manage to find someone. And uh, I was kind of like picking through the doors or the, door the windows. So I can see the, the body language and stuff. and Kind of like, oh, okay, I think this is what they are looking for. Like maybe the particular kind of player, particular kind of sound. Yeah. I see.
0: Yeah. And now, do you, uh, obviously, for the auditions that you have taken part in, at the end of the day, you will know who won the job. Mm. And maybe sometimes you'll bump into them. Maybe sometimes you'll hear them in the warm-up room. Maybe sometimes you already heard about their reputation. Sometimes you manage to listen to bits and pieces of their audition. Do you think that the best player always wins the job?
1: Mm Not really for mm. me. Uh, because this also depends on what kind of sound. Maybe the low brass section one or the conductor ones. Because sometimes, uh, technically wise, both can be very good. Maybe there's one player that is really mm. very good, and this can be really like be very subjective. Mm. Because what is the best player? Also, like to yeah. there, that, that technique. Every everybody should be there. That's that's given. Then it's mm. about sound. Like, you might prefer the, this first guy, no, guy number one sound, but the panel for them, maybe to them, the number two, the second guy sound is much better. So to them, that is the best player. Mm. But for me, yep. maybe the best player is the first guy. Yeah, so
2: mm. yeah, it's pretty
1: hard to say. Not necessary, though.
0: Yeah. I think, you know, in terms of winning audition, mm. Yeah, and I think that it's a very, very grueling kind of uh, journey. Yeah, Yeah. and I'm sure that that it's been extremely uh, beneficial for you all this time, going through all these different auditions and new experiences, going to new countries, playing in front of different people. But it takes a toll on your... Do you think... Does it take a toll on your confidence sometimes as a musician? and you know mentally is it difficult to cope with when you come off an audition especially if you thought that things went pretty well and things don't turn out the way you hoped that it did
1: of course uh, you'd be like uh, shocked like Like, I did pretty well I feel pretty good and why did I not like, like win the job uh of course, uh, in the first moment, you'll be like, yeah, i would be dejected. You'll be like, okay, oh, so what What went wrong and stuff. But f- after a while, I'll just think like, okay, fine. Like, I can learn from that. I can be better than that. I can improve on that and just mm. keep like, like strive to make it okay. The next one will be better. Just have to keep thinking about that rather than uh, keep dwelling on like, okay, what could have, like, possibly went wrong. Maybe they don't like this. They don't like that. Yeah. And then mm. I have no, no time to go and think about that. We're just like, okay, fine. Maybe I'm just like not, maybe not a good fit for them. I didn't like myself. So I just, yeah, continue to work on other things that I want to work on. Yeah.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's great to hear that you have such a a positive outlook, right? We, <laughs> in, when you are going through all these things. Because if it was me, I don't know, like, <laughs> where I'll be at at this moment in time. Maybe I'll, like, put my instrument down and, like, pack it in or something like that. Yeah, change your career. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, I mean, it's good that you always try to keep uh, a positive mindset and you keep going. The An even more important question or something that perhaps um, I, I've not really spoken to you all that much is that do you still feel that you would need an orchestra job or do you still want an orchestra job actually Uh,
1: really depends well, right now it's different, slightly different you, you have like of course uh, financial, you have to take care of uh orchestra job why do Tuba players really want it so much, I guess, because once you get it, the, the the amount of money that you can make, of course, is will be good. And you just like, yeah, just pay tuba and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, Because in Singapore, there's not a lot of like, okay, jobs is one, and not a lot of like, professional jobs. So, yeah, right now, I'm still, still, still thinking about like, like, like different options or so. Not mm. just the orchestra job, but because for me, I really like like being in the orchestra, even though we have like, nothing much to play. Is <laughs> that yeah.
0: the reason why you like being in orchestra?
1: Maybe just because... sit down there and enjoy <laughs> the beautiful music made by like, the, the other other musicians. Yeah. So it's like... Occasionally,
0: you play some long tones, play some yeah. long notes, and then you yeah. rest again for another like, 30 minutes, right? Yeah, it's like the like best
1: <laughs> job. You can sit down there, you are being paid to listen to them. Yeah, than like paying for a concert. Mm. So yeah, for me, yeah, it's still really like, okay, job is still like the the dream. But of course, to a certain point, finance-wise, they consider uh, other things already. Mm. And uh, it's just a matter of time that you totally just like have to, okay, let go of that and like pursue something else.
0: Yeah. So, okay, I'm going to just make it, uh once again, like you said, think on your feet, right, so I'm gonna give you a case now, right? this scenario, okay, okay. same salary, okay, same salary full time orchestra or full time chamber music group of your choice, which one would you pick? Wow, oh,
1: this one is really a tough one, that's really a tough one because. Yeah. I value both orchestra and chamber music a lot. Both mm. are equally, equally good. Like, the, the, the quality of music. So it's yeah. really, really a tough choice for this. Like, well, wow. you don't have to
0: answer if you don't want to. know,
1: It's very hard. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, in the end of the day also, sometimes if, if, even if the, 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 the money, is a, there's a difference and stuff like that, uh. Uh, I wouldn't mind do like even the lesser or the or the or the, the more money one. either mm-hmm. one as long as, uh, I guess the people is 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 a right fit, and you see a longevity in the in the in the group. Right, of course professional orchestra profession there is, but of course the the chemistry, within the players is uh must be there also. So I might okay look at the chemistry so. It's
0: a tough choice.
2: It's a tough
1: choice. Hmm. Yeah. Okay.
0: Sure. Sure. So uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you asked for it, right? So <laughs> <on the screen. laughs> yeah. Cool. Now, okay. I, I mean, time is is absolutely flying by. Okay. Mm. So one last thing I want to talk to you about. So you mentioned in this in your musical journey that you that studying overseas mm. was not. uh Uh, Not not even a consideration for you, right? It's completely just out of the window. Yeah. And uh, of course, uh, we we don't need to go uh, too much into detail why Mm. that's the reason. But for you right now, after uh, perhaps seeing some of us return from overseas, do you see a value in studying abroad?
1: Definitely, definitely. Uh, there's like values, there's things that like, you still can't maybe like, learn in Singapore because Singapore is so small. Uh, and the amount of artists they can bring in and the amount of people you can meet is limited, I would say. Mm. Uh, being overseas allows you to kind of like you can travel to, to the, the other country much easier, to other state much easier, and mm. you get to meet a lot more people. Uh, yep. And you can find more teachers and you can listen to more uh, different orchestras. Uh, so, all this kind of like you help in like improving yourself as a musician. So, mm. if I have a choice, of course, uh, I would love to go study abroad. But, of course, if like things uh, don't happen, uh, like for me, then I'll just try to make like full use of it. Lah. Yeah.
0: Mm. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, you have been one of the the few people that I thought who has stayed in Singapore this whole time and really kept on that level of dedication and motivation for practice, uh, which, to be honest, I'm not saying that because you don't study overseas, you are less mm. motivated. That's not the case. I, I'm saying that because it is very comfortable in Singapore. Mm. You know? Uh, yeah. I... Would say that if I had continued my education in Singapore, because of how comfortable everything is, I would not push myself as hard.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I, I, I know myself, and and that I know that to be true. And I, what I see in you is like you are kind of relentless in your this drive to maybe you know um win with, with an orchestra job or. Uh, become a better musician and all this kind of stuff, which I, I can see, you know, over the years, uh, you know, progress as well. And I do think that it is a little bit of a shame uh, because of uh, the cuts that you're you're being dealt with that you are unable to just live abroad for at least two years. I think it will yeah. just make a lot of difference for you. And I think, you know, you have you went to Aspen for how long? Was that like three months or something? Uh, two months. Two months. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, during this trip, I, I remembered when you came back, you had so many great things and so many great experiences that you're sharing with all of us. And did that further prove the point to you that if only it's not two months, but it's two years or four years, that things would be a little bit different now?
1: Of course. Yeah, definitely. Because, uh, uh how, how can I say... Um most the amount of things I learned there is very, very, very valuable from the teacher. Mm. Uh, So, of course, two two months is just too short. Of course, two years will definitely help a lot. The environment also, being overseas also, you don't have to think too much about the commitments and and then back home, Mm. time was free, free up your mind also. So, I uh, can't imagine what, like, what, like, two years out of Singapore like for me yeah
0: it's also about finding a teacher that you can connect with right because I'm sure over the years you have had when you had went to different um, festivals study with some pretty great teachers Mm. some of them might not necessarily connect with you the way that uh, Warren Deck did at Aspen Mm. and what was different about this experience that was um, not like other summer festivals or other music camps? Is it purely just the amount of time or was it something about him that kind of sets him apart from other people?
1: For him, he has really a very sensitive and good ear. Like okay, I can say that because the moment he hear me, like, I just play the first phrase of a music. He just straight identify all the problems I have, and that includes some of the doubts I have in my head. Like, certain notes that have that particular word sound, I just couldn't get it. Uh, mm. like I can't practice and get it over with. Like that note, I can make it better. He just addressed everything straight. Yeah, straight, straight. Uh, in the first lesson just tell me straight, okay, this is a long-term thing, this is not a short-term thing, okay, you have to do this, you have to do that, you've been doing this a bit uh, around here, and he can, he really enlightened me, he was just like, okay, open up my ears, It's like, okay, okay, look, you, you hear this again, you sound like this, and I was like, okay, I play it, and I was like, oh, yeah, okay, so he just point. he pointed out every single thing, mm-hmm. I was like in shock, because like, you are playing in a room, that is very echoey, so I don't expect him to like able to hear that but he's like, oh, he can pivot everything. Even certain doubts I have in my head that just like, clear everything up. Yeah.
0: Yeah, And it's, it almost feels like, feels like almost he knows that you're only there for uh, two months' uh, cost. Yeah. He is very invested in your progress and he really tries to help you to become a better musician.
1: Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah, learn a lot from him. Mm. Uh, of course,
0: sometimes when we are teaching, not necessarily all the students are interested. Some of them might feel like they don't really want to be there, but they yeah. are here because they have to. But whenever we can try to help them and bring like awareness to perhaps some elements of their playing that they are not uh, doing as well, and we if we can help them just make that difference. And I, I truly think that if we are able to... Show the student that, look, can you now tell that five minutes ago you were playing like in a manner that was less superior than now? Just by this little bit of change, just by being aware, all of a sudden the quality then becomes better. And I think with that, students would also feel a little bit more encouraged and Mm. not feel like, you know, learning the tuba or learning the euphonium is. So much of a a chore, right? Do you think that?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But there mm. is always a challenge, la, for them. For them to really able to identify like like the difference because I switch for tuba, the, the sound is just really low. So mm. we have try to have a fine ways to uh, describe to them. Just try to uh, have to get them to really really hear it, la. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So
0: time flies. You know <laughs> yes. we are. 80 minutes into our interview, which is great. Uh, I think it is uh, time for us to wrap up. So thank you so much for uh, coming onto the show, Sang Hong, and for sharing all your thoughts and experiences.
1: Okay, thank you for having me. Uh, hopefully, uh, I will improve on my like, speaking also. I still have a lot of things to learn also. Thank no, you for no, having you're me. you're fine.
0: You're fine. Absolutely fine. Yeah, so this podcast... Always open to you. If you want to chat, tell me. We'll have an episode for you anytime.
1: Okay. <laughs> okay. Sure. Sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So uh, thank you so much once again, Xiang Hong, for joining us on this episode. For all of you who are listening, thank you for staying with us throughout this entire episode. And most importantly, thank you for your attention. It is very, very much appreciated. And with that, we will sign off on this episode of. You play a what. You have been listening to You Play a What, hosted by Vincent Tan. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button so that you'll be notified when a new episode is posted. Rate and review the podcast and share it with your friends if you feel so inclined. The theme music for the podcast is entitled Midnight Affairs and is composed by Algirdas Matonis and recorded by Vincent Tung. Thank you so much for listening to You Play Awards. Until next time.